a nutcracker. He's wonderful. Thank you, Aunt Elizabeth. He sure is ugly. Tommy. On the outside, maybe. But inside beats the heart of a prince. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy and I'm here with my friend and co-host Brie. Why, hello there. And today we are taking a look at our first episode of Nutcracker November. We are taking a look at Barbie in the Nutcracker. It's Nutcracker November. It's that time of year once more. Yes, where I pester Brie by making her watch essentially the same movie over and over and over. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think we kind of, we hit rock bottom last year already. So, like, I, I can't even find it in my heart to dread Nutcracker November because we've already hit, we've already hit the worst one. Yeah, so, I should have, like, I should have spaced them. <laughs> I should have spaced them out better, but I was just so excited <laughs> to talk about some of those garbage fucking movies. Oh, no, it's good now, because now I can at least, any time that you that you toss me a nutcracker, I'm like, at least it's not the nuttiest nutcracker. I was talking to a couple friends yesterday, and I was telling them that we had already dealt with the worst one, and I showed them the <laughs> nuttiest nutcracker, and they were like, we wa- I watched this on TV as a child. I'm like, no. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Was, was it? Because we, we kind of talked about that last year where we, we were sort of asking if anybody like had any treasured nostalgia about the nuttiest nutcracker to come forward. And I, I have not heard anything. <laughs> Is, well, did your... Yeah, did they mention... It wasn't treasured nostalgia. It was I showed them the trailer for it on YouTube while while looking away pointedly, and then they were like, <laughs> "Oh no, I remember watching this. I don't remember the movie, but I remember the reggae nut." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's. I mean, there it is. I like I like that you couldn't even bear to look at the trailer. I like, I didn't. Would- melt your soul if you did i don't know why i know this is just like probably mostly a me thing but i can't (laughs) i can't do it it's my own personal enemy that's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) i I really want um i so our our friend mike at the advent calendar house podcast i would love to suggest to him that we take a look at the nuttiest nutcracker one year but i'm afraid that brie will just flat out quit the fucking podcast i won't be there you can do it you are welcome mike if you want to have christy on to talk about the nuttiest (laughs) nutcracker alone that sounds great i won't be there i'm sick that day (laughs) <laughs> Mike, we gotta we gotta trick Bree. We gotta trick Bree no. into, into <laughs> It's hard to trick it me when I can just turn off turn off Discord and leave. Yeah, that's true. Just mute yourself. 
Actually, yeah, like you're Bye. still present in the call, but you just refuse to talk. I can't. I will not engage. <laughs> Get catatonic. Uh, nope. Uh, but that is not the movie we are talking about. This time we've got a, a cute little version of the Nutcracker. It's a little yeah. weird, but it's cute. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, so again, this one we are looking at Barbie in the Nutcracker. This is brought to us by our beloved Mainframe Entertainment. Ah, uh, Mainframe. And this was actually, this was the very first CGI Barbie movie. So this kind of, I think there was like at least like one or two Barbie specials prior to this that were traditionally animated. But this movie marks the beginning of the Barbie film franchise as we know it. Wow. I didn't know that. I knew it looked yeah. old, like older mm -hmm. in terms of it's the CGI, but I didn't know it was the first one. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the one of the ones along with um, Rapunzel, Swan Lake and the Princess and the Pauper. I think those are like the top four Barbie movies, at least for people of our generation. Mm hmm. Um, like, if Barbie movies were a superhero team, those would be the four main cast. <laughs> That's the, the Barbie movie Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember... I... I forget how old I would have been when this one came out. I think maybe 11 or 12, somewhere around there. So I think I was, like, kind of getting out of my Barbie phase. But... Yeah. I still, I I remember, I can remember watching this film and enjoying it quite a bit as a kid. I don't think I ever saw this one as a kid. Sorry, there was a long pause there because I'm looking up the year that this came out. 2001. Uh, yes, the same year as Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> just, just FYI. Ah, Yes everyone's favorite Shrek. The landmark milestone movie. Shrek. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of I mean, For real, is. yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> but like, just as an example of, of what other CGI movies were going on at this time. Granted, this yeah. was a, I, I'm pretty sure this was not a theatrical release, this one. I think it was just direct no. to DVD. Yeah, and it's it was made by a, like the small Canadian studio. Mm -hmm. Not DreamWorks. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, mainframe. But even still, like the animation is is nice. The mm -hmm. characters are cute for the most part. Her little brother <laughs> is a little terrifying to look at, but for the most part, the characters are very cute. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's a nice little yeah. film. Yeah, this is like a, a good. Like, as you said, we've already seen the worst of the Nutcracker movies, so this is, like, a nice yeah. little, like, you know, this, this isn't, isn't even like... close to the worst. Yeah. But the, I, at the same time, this one isn't my favorite. Um, I think we still could probably hold the Nutcracker Prince. Like, that is still the gold standard Nutcracker that's so, movie. I that, yeah, that's sort of the thing, where it's, like, not only do I... Like, do I just think that's a good movie? It's also got my heart in a nostalgic sense. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever find one that that's that that like tops that one for me. But that's a personal thing. Like, that's a that's yeah. a 
deep in my heart and soul from little baby Brie loves that yeah. film. But this one is also good. The the next film that we're taking a look at, this Nutcracker November, that one is actually one that has managed to worm its way into my heart, not because Ooh. I saw it as a kid and have that nostalgia, because, but because it harkens back to some nostalgia I have. And you'll ah. you'll see what I, I mean when we get to that one. Yeah. But, uh... Oh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything more we want to say about this one in the introduction? Or should we break into the summary? I think we can... I think we can jump on in. T- tell All us, right. Christy, about this version of the Nutcracker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's... That's... It's gonna be... <laughs> Gonna sound a little similar to the last um four Nutcracker films we've watched on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and I swear it's a little different. Okay, they're all they've all got their own little special somethings. Yes, but it's gonna the rest s- of it's gonna sound real similar. Yeah, one day I promise I'll make that giant Venn diagram of all the Nutcracker movies and their. <laughs> But for now, let us get into the summary for Barbie in the Nutcracker. I said fur. 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 Too Canadian sometimes. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) The film begins on a snowy Christmas Eve, and we are introduced to Clara and her little brother Tommy. Clara is visited by her Aunt Elizabeth, who gives Clara a wooden nutcracker. Later that evening, Clara has fallen asleep on the couch with her nutcracker. As the clock strikes 12, a mouse hole in the room erupts with light, and soon after, an army of mice enter the room. Clara wakes up just in time to see her nutcracker battling the encroaching army. That is when the Mouse King appears, and after an exchange of words, he and the nutcracker begin to spar. When it looks like the Mouse King is about to win, Clara tries to intervene. That is when the Mouse King turns the tables on her, casting a spell with his magic scepter and shrinking Clara down to the size of a mouse. Meddling human, towering tall, let my scepter shrink you small. Look out! After a bit more action and some quick thinking on Clara's part, the Mouse King and his army is forced to retreat. Nutcracker thanks Clara, and Clara asks to be changed back to her normal size. That's when the Nutcracker reveals that only the Sugar Plum Princess can break a spell cast by the Mouse King. I'm afraid only the Sugar Plum Princess can reverse the Mouse King's spell. The Sugar Plum Princess? Yes. I've been trying to find her since the Mouse King turned me into a Nutcracker. You mean you used to be... Not a nutcracker. Before Clara can question this further, the wooden owl from the top of the grandfather clock springs to life. Speaking with the voice of Aunt Elizabeth, the owl tells Nutcracker and Clara that the Sugar Plum Princess can be found on an island across the Sea of Storms. Clara is reluctant to go with the Nutcracker to his home realm, unsure of how she'll be getting back. The wooden owl provides Clara with a heart-shaped necklace and tells her that once she's found the Sugar Plum Princess, she can open the locket to return home. With that, Clara and the Nutcracker are off through the mouse hole. As they travel, Nutcracker explains that the Mouse King is trying to take over, and their only hope of stopping him is the Sugar Plum Princess. 
Their conversation is overheard by Pim, a small bat who works for the Mouse King. Pim reports back what he heard, and the Mouse King demands more information on the Sugar Plum Princess, and that the Nutcracker be brought to him. Back with Clara and the Nutcracker, the two have come across a ravaged village. There they meet two small children, who tell them that everyone else in their village were taken by the Mouse King. They put the blame on Prince Eric. Who's Prince Eric? The son of the king who ruled before the mouse took over. Yeah, but he wasn't much of a prince. The king left his throne and the golden scepter to his royal advisor. The mouse. Until the prince could prove himself worthy. Let me guess. The mouse decided he liked being king. But what happened to Prince Eric? Don't know, don't care. We're better off without him. Soon after, the group is discovered by the Mouse King's army, and they have to flee into a nearby forest. There they are saved by the timely arrival of Captain Candy and Major Mint. Clara and Nutcracker explain that they are on a quest for the Sugar Plum Fairy, and after some convincing, Captain Candy and Major Mint agree to join them. The group turns in for the night, and Clara is left alone with the Nutcracker. She reveals that she's figured out the Nutcracker is actually Prince Eric, and asks him why he hasn't revealed himself. I... I didn't want to be the prince when I had the chance. Now I don't deserve to be. That's not true. You're risking your life to save your kingdom. Isn't that what princes do? But my subjects think less of me than they do the Mouse King. My only hope is to find the Sugar Plum Princess so she can help me restore my people's happiness. I owe them that. Back at the castle, the only information that the Mouse King could find about the Sugar Plum Princess is that she is kind, clever, and brave. With no other leads, the Mouse King decides to enchant a stone column, turning it into a rock monster and tasking it with destroying the Nutcracker. The next day, the group sets off. They reach the shore and soon after encounter the Mouse King's rock monster. Thankfully, they are helped out by a group of fairies who freeze the ocean so that they could cross it with their horse and carriage. As they flee, the Nutcracker uses his sword to create a crack in the ice, which the rock monster falls through when he steps on it. After traveling some distance across the ice, the group finally discover the island of the Sugar Plum Princess. They arrive at her castle gates, only to discover that it was a facade, set up by the Mouse King. Everyone except for Clara is captured and carried off by Pim and a team of bats. All alone, Clara considers using her locket to leave and return home, but decides she has to help her friends. Luckily for her, some of the fairies arrive and, using a makeshift swing, carry Clara off the island and to the Mouse King's palace. Clara manages to make her way to the dungeon, where after tricking some guards, she is able to reunite with Nutcracker and the others. Nutcracker decides that Sugar Plum Princess or not, the Mouse King must be stopped. The Nutcracker and Mouse King fight, with the Mouse King using his magic to make himself bigger and stronger. He strikes the Nutcracker down, and Clara steps in to defend him. Declaring that he clearly didn't make Clara small enough, the Mouse King casts another shrinking spell. But before he can hit Clara, Nutcracker leaps up, reflecting the spell off his shiny sword and back at the Mouse King. The Mouse King shrinks, and realizing he's outmatched, runs away. Clara cradles the injured Nutcracker and gives him a kiss. With Clara's kiss, Nutcracker is transformed back to his human self. Right afterwards, magic envelops Clara, and she is given a sparkling gown and crown. The princess has been with us all along. What? Clara, it's you. You are the Sugar Plum Princess. Me? I couldn't be. It all makes sense. 
You saved me from the Mouse King in your parlor. You rescued us from his dungeon, your bravery led to his defeat, and your kiss has broken his spell. You are the Sugar Plum Princess. The healing magic spreads across the land, breaking all of the Mouse King's enchantments. The people celebrate Eric's return, and Eric asks Clara to stay with him and be his queen. Clara surprisingly agrees, and she and Eric kiss, only for the moment to be interrupted by the Mouse King swooping in on Pym. The Mouse King snatches Clara's locket and opens it. While the Mouse King is quickly dispatched, it is too late, and Clara fades away, waking up on the couch the next morning, back in her home, and without her nutcracker. Just as Clara is trying to explain to her family about her adventures, Aunt Elizabeth walks in with Eric, who she says is the son of a friend of hers. Eric and Clara greet, and Eric returns Clara's locket to her. Reunited, the film ends with Clara and Eric dancing together. May I have this dance? I couldn't say no to the king. traditional ending to these nutcracker stories this one definitely like this one straight up is is much more in the in the vein of no this really happened these are this is the same guy he really was the nutcracker <laughs> that all yeah. happened for real real and not just left ambiguous it's like no he's he returns to her the necklace that she left in like Candyland or whatever the heck so like no that actually <laughs> happened yeah, which again, just, it, I I don't know. I think I prefer the ambiguous endings or like, yeah. again, again, using the Nutcracker Prince as the gold <laughs> standard. With that, it fe it feels like the Land of the Dolls was like a creation of Drosselmeyer. Yeah. And, and so when the spell is broken and Hans returns to his true form, it, it feels like that's, like, everything is as it should be. Mm -hmm. But with Eric showing up at the end, and as you said, it feels pretty clear that he is meant to be the Nutcracker. It makes me wonder, like, so is he, he just human now? Is he? I guess. Are they, Clara, like, are they just going to live together? <laughs> I, I guess. Is I mean, I, I assume that Aunt Drosselmeyer is in on it. They sort of, they mix things up in this one. The, uh, Clara and her brother's parents are gone, and mm -hmm. she lives with her grandpa, Drosselmeyer? Yeah. Who isn't a, a wacky inventor. He doesn't create things. That's not Drosselmeyer in this one. He's just, like, a strict old man. <laughs> and then they have their aunt, Drosselmeyer, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Who is like a world traveler? Yeah, and that's the sort of weird difference in this. So, like, but like, it's sort of implied that maybe she's sort of the one that's she's like she doesn't create all this stuff, but maybe she like knows sh some shit from her from her travels. Yeah. She's definitely portrayed as knowing more about the situation than she lets on. Like, you even yeah. have the um, like the owl that starts talking to Clara and gives her guidance. It very deliberately speaks 
with the voice of Kathleen Barr. Dot Matrix. Ah, yes. Dot Matrix beloved... is here. Yes. Um, that, but yeah. That was one of my is... earliest notes. It was like, ah, yes, there she is. Dot Matrix. She's here. <laughs> yeah. She shows up um, quite a bit in the early Barbie movies. I, I can't remember if there's a point where she kind of drops off, but for a while, she would voice at least one minor or major character in each one of the Barbie films. So it's always it's like a fun little thing to see if you could spot Dot Matrix. <laughs> spot Kathleen. Yes. Um, but yeah, like she, she voices the owl and it feels... And even at the end, the way she's, like, introducing Eric, it just comes across that she knows more about the adventures than she's letting on. And yeah. yet, it's not really established how she would know. <sighs> she almost needs to have a point where she's, when she's telling Clara of some of her adventures around the world, that she's like, oh, I, I... On one of my travels, I found this nutcracker, and some say that he's actually the prince of a of a magical candy land or something. <laughs> well, she does. She does say what was it? It was like she's like, oh, it's it's a cool nutcracker, and she's like, yes, but with the heart of a prince. Well, because Tommy, because oh yeah, because he's he's like that's fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. ugly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of great because Aunt Elizabeth is like, yeah, he's ugly, but he's got the heart of a prince. <laughs> and which, you know what? No, I actually like the, the design yeah. of this Nutcracker. I think he's like, he's got a good little design. I kind of like him better as the Nutcracker I, than I do yeah. when he turns into a man at the end. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. And I know that that's controversial coming from me because of my previously established opinion <laughs> that the human form of the beast is hunky and he's better than the beast <laughs> but yeah i oh. i agree i think the nutcracker this nutcracker is probably the most appealing nutcracker design in any yeah. of the movies that we have seen so far he just yeah, yeah he just, just looks cool He's just got a he's just got a really cute little design. He's it's really nice. And like I feel like especially in early CG, it's hard to make a soft like fleshy character and then ha also make them look like a human and also make them not look uncanny valley. And this is not a knock on mainframe. This is just how early CGI was. And the closer or the farther away that you can get from that, often makes characters look a little better. Like, you think of Toy Story. The humans in yeah. Toy Story looked, uh... But the the toys looked great. Yeah, and that was so. very deliberate on Pixar's part, is that they knew yeah. we can make... We can't... We're bad at making humans look like humans, but we can make plasticky-looking human-like toys and that yeah. works like the you're kind of working with the limitations of cgi back in the day yeah so like the nutcracker of all the characters in this i don't know his character works really well like his character design looks really well yeah but, i i like him and he's also he's jointed like a doll which is really yeah. fun i think 
he's got just enough of like movement in his face too. Like they gave him a little mustache so they can sort of use that to help with his expressions. Cause he does just have the jaw that goes up and down, but he's got a little bit of movement in the lips, a little bit of movement in the mustache. And then his mm. eyes are not creepy. Like you could tell they're doll eyes, but like they're not creepy, which yeah. is an impressive feat. And I wonder if that's the experience of Mattel, or, or not, I guess, oh, that's a bad way to word it, but what I'm trying to say is I'm assuming that the people at Mattel had a big part in designing what the Nutcracker would look like, and they obviously would have a lot of experience designing appealing dolls. And yeah. they probably, yeah, like, I, I, I feel... Like that that just is so much so important for a character like the Nutcracker because he is I don't know he is supposed to be weird looking and Nutcrackers themselves, like they just look fucking weird and creepy. Yeah. So you could you could fully get away with having a weird looking nutcracker, but they I think made the right choice in making him very appealing, dare I say hunky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's quite as hunky as the human beast, but oh, I mean he's that's okay. a that's a high bar to clear. Yeah, but no, yeah, I I think <laughs> I really like his design in this. It's a it's a very very good Nutcracker design. I Clara I is I, cute. Most <laughs> of the characters are very cute, except yeah. for her little brother Tommy. His face is shaped a little weird. Yeah, he's he's it's, a little weird looking. Everyone else is a little is good. At least you don't see much of Tommy. Um, True. <laughs> I honestly, like, I feel like you almost could have gotten rid of Tommy in this adaptation. Or, like, the little brother character in general. Yeah. Doesn't really do much to the plot. No, he's just kind of there so that the, in the traditional story, the brother hurts the Nutcracker. And Clara, or Marie, whatever she's named in the adaptation, tends to him. And it sometimes factors into that first fight right. in the, the Mouse King. When the Mouse King shows up, the Nutcracker's injured and Clara has to intervene. Um, but you really don't need that, I think. Because, yeah, the Nutcracker, he does, he does have an injury to his arm because of Tommy. Yeah. And you do have that sweet moment of Clara... Uh, putting his arm in a in a sling, but then after the Nutcracker fights the Mouse King in that first scene, he's like, "I'm healed," he and he just takes off the sling. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, you couldn't have done that earlier. I guess not. Uh, he's just tired, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, like it, it really didn't feel like it amounted to anything. So why you could have just removed that part? Remove the nonsense about Tommy, and then maybe you could have had time to, again, lay that Aunt Drosselmeyer, put some backstory in on the Nutcracker and how she came to find it. Yeah. And why, why she has him. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like the change of making it like a, a world, a globe-trotting aunt. Yeah. But, like, it makes things make a little less sense. But, you know, it is what it is. I, it's funny, it had been a while since I had seen this film, and I actually misremembered, and I thought that it was just an Aunt Drosselmeyer character, or a Godmother Drosselmeyer character, mm -hmm. and that she was still an inventor, 
Um, okay. So I, I forgot about the character of Clara's grandfather. And I mean, again, like as you said, he doesn't really do anything but just be stern and be like, oh, Clara's too young to go and see the world. And she has to grow up and be a proper lady. And it's like, this isn't the, all right, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shrug. I, that was something that I, I feel like in other adaptations it would have been brought up again. Like, that we've been laying, that we've been planting the seed in those early scenes. You know, Aunt Elizabeth is this globe-trotting, like, uh, single lady, and she's telling Clara all about her adventures, and Clara seems very interested, but yet she also seems like, I like, Clara kind of knows, like, there's no way Grandfather would let me do this, um, but, so, at, you would kind of think, like, at the end of the film... When Clara is given the option to stay with the Nutcracker, it felt like it was going to be something similar to the the Nutcracker Prince, where that Clara rejects the Nutcracker because although she loves him, she wants to return to her world and she wants to grow up and there's all these things she wants to experience. So it's kind of funny watching this version and seeing that <laughs> Clara is like, no, she's I, fully on board. I genuinely love it, though. Because, like, I always remember being a kid and watching movies where someone goes, or, like, shows or whatever, where someone goes to a magical land and they have all these adventures and then they're like, now I have to go home because that's what I want. And I was like, why the fuck <laughs> did you want to leave all the cool magic shit? Like, yeah. I, could you imagine going back and just, like, fucking going to school and paying taxes and growing up? Like, <laughs> fuck that. No. <Nah. laughs> it's like, but with Claire, like, she was willing to leave behind her entire fucking family to stay. Yeah, you know. Like, fuck him. Fuck it. Fuck Tommy. Little shit. Nutcracker. Little shit. Yeah, fuck that. Plus, she had the option to, like, she always, she would have that necklace, so, like, she would always have the option to go back. I guess, but, I I mean, as we see in the end, like, she doesn't know if she'd ever be able to return, so it feels like, like, this was like, you have to decide, are you going home or staying here forever? And she was, again, she was totally fine with staying there for forever. (laughs) Which is, I gotta point out that the nuttiest, <laughs> even the, even the nuttiest nutcracker. Oh my like God. That, sh- like that, I forget if she was Clara or Marie in that version, but she was Man. willing to go home. And, well, and yeah. understandable. She wanted to get <laughs> out of the movie. That's, as bad I guess as we that's did. true. That's true. Yeah, don't you, Marie, don't you want to stay in my my magical world of of talking nuts? And, and she's just like, I, I actually, I, I really, you know, I, I think family. I'm good. I think I am good. I think I can go. I, yeah. I, yeah. No, it's not. It's not you or your your talking nuts. It's just, it's, I gotta go. I, just, I promise. No, I left the oven on. I gotta go. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I I've got like a book report due tomorrow. I do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just wonderful. Uh-huh. Oh. oh god, I forget the nuts. 
I forgot to mention with Tommy. Um, so I, Tommy's voice sounded sort of familiar to me, and I had to check uh-huh. IMDb because I at first thought I oh is he maybe because I I know there were a few kids that played Enzo in reboot. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like maybe maybe he was one of the Enzos. Um, but no, I I looked it up and I I think where I'm remembering him from is uh he actually played Jose in uh Cyber Six. Oh yeah. Oh wow. So yeah. he's just real good at playing the snot nosed kids. Yeah, apparently. Great, great job. God. Mm. Oh Cyber Six. I love that freaking weird, amazing show. That that was a show that I wish was, I I wish it came out ten years later because I feel like the internet yeah. would fucking like if that show came out now. I think the internet would fucking love it, and we'd probably get like a proper oh God, series yeah. instead of just yeah. thirteen episodes. Sure. Oh man, yeah, but it's such like a product of its time too. Yeah. Cause like now it wouldn't be it 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 wouldn't be what it was. No, I guess not. But it just oh. What a lovely before dis- before I go, I could talk for a very long time about Cyber Six. So we need to backflip away from that if we want to get back. to that. <laughs> We gotta go. We gotta go. I'll talk about Cyber Six for a long time. Oh, uh, there's Princess in Cyber Six. <laughs> What? If only there was a princess in Cyber Six. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that series is only 13 episodes. We could probably, like, maybe we'll do a special 13 episode podcast. Oh my god. Just about Cyber Six. Yeah! We can even even condense it to, like, six episodes and watch two per episode. Oh, that's true. I guess they were only, like, Because some of those eps aren't winners. But, like... Yeah! Oh, my heart. Everybody go watch Cyber 6 if you haven't already. Please, please look up Cyber 6. Please enjoy Cyber <laughs> 6. Yes. Did, uh, uh, okay, but, oh, but speaking of voices driving you crazy. Um, yes. I was, I, I knew the Nutcracker's voice. I was like, I know this guy. I know, uh, who is this? Mm-hmm. Who is the, and it's Kirby Morrow. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yep, it's Kirby Morrow who uses his normal speaking voice for all of his roles. Yeah, he was in a ton of different anime. Um, he was in uh, Inuyasha as... Moroku. Oh, yes, thank you. I couldn't remember his name. I was going to say the guy with the hole in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he was Moroku in Inuyasha. He was, uh, if, if you watched... I think X-Men Evolution, he was Cyclops. Oh, okay. I believe that was him. Was that him? To IMDb. IMDb, away! <laughs> he was Troa in uh, Gundam Wing. Oh, God. More recently, he's Cole from the Lego Ninjago. Yeah, although sadly, um, he passed away a couple years ago. Did he? Oh no! Yeah, very suddenly. I don't remember oh. if there was a reason for it, but yeah, he was quite young, all things considered. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Which is a shame. He does have wow. a, he has a very pleasant voice. He really does. Like that was sort of the thing that I was listening to. Like I was listening to him and I'm like, A, I know this voice. And B, I'm like, this is just a really good, like kind protagonist style voice. Yeah. Like oh. very like gentle and it was a very good fit for Eric because Eric is sort of like how he's presented to us in the film, he he feels like soft spoken. He almost like reluctantly, he doesn't really want to be the prince, or he doesn't feel like yeah, he's he doesn't capable. feel like he's earned it. Yeah, and so to have it's just a very good fitting voice for him. It's it's without bravado, this just kind, gentle voice that very yeah, very good voice. Yeah. Oh, who else? Uh, Kelly Sheridan, of course, voices Barbie. She was like the ah, yes. iconic Barbie voice for a lot of years. I forget how many movies she voiced Barbie in. I think she has since retired. I forget. But she uh, she also was in Inuyasha. She was Sango. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm. I, I imagine around this time, there's sort of... There was the group of Canadian voice actors, and they all yes. just kind of circulated around things. Yeah, it is. There, there, so are there was few... there was the one. Yeah, there was like the one uh, studio that did dub recordings in like Western Canada, and like mm. a bunch of a bunch of the voices for a lot of like Canadian based animation. Yeah. Yeah, and they're probably just like, these are the people, the regulars that are in the booth. And they're just like, ah, can you just yeah. record a couple lines for us? <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, we mentioned Kathleen Barr earlier. There's also Ian James Corlett is Captain Candy. So we, oh, have, yes. we have Dot and Glitch Bob. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Glitch Bob. Oh, the wrong Bob. Oh, and Kathy... <laughs> Ka I, I'm gonna butcher her last name, but Kathy Wesseluck? Wesseluck? I don't know. Um, but she, more recently, she voices Spike in The Last Generation of My Little Pony. Uh, oh, but she was also, yes. She was also the voice of Cyber Six. <gasps> Amazing. Wait, who did she play? Uh, she, was, she was a Cyber Six in both of uh, her identities. No, but who was she in this? In, oh, sorry. Barbie. It just says maid, so... <laughs> she was just oh, okay. She's like the, the maid that has like three lines at the beginning. Yeah. Very minor character. Um, <laughs> but we would be remiss if we did not note that the Mouse King in this <gasps> is voiced... Drum roll, the please. Legendary, the legendary... <laughs> a Tim Curry... Tim Curry, baby. Uh, we got our our yearly dose of Tim Curry. Oh, there he is. He's here. Oh, he does I'm a so good glad. job. Does a good job. He, with the mouse king. he truly does. Uh, just always a delight to hear Tim Curry. Yeah. Oh. Ah, oh, he's just so he's so fun as a villain. I know that it is essentially that's like. 99% of his IMDb. <laughs> but he's it's but it's so, he's just so good at it. Yeah. 
just that menacing snarl that he's able to put into these characters. Yeah, and he's just, he's so dramatic. Like, he just plays up the ridiculous drama of everything. It's so fun. Yeah, like, there's a whole scene where, so the mouse king in this film, he has this magic scepter and he uses it to cast spells and he mostly uses it to terrorize his army into staying in the Yeah, his city. own army. <laughs> yeah. But he transforms his like thing is he loves transforming them into inanimate objects. I guess because he's able to then take the inanimate object and put it somewhere public so that the rest of the army can see <laughs> this is what will happen to you if you piss me off. So, you're telling me that the nutcracker a wooden utensil, managed to escape a well-armed fighting squadron, unharmed. And instead of fleeing into the hills, you chose to return to me and report your incompetence. Uh Why don't you just blast him with your scepter, sire? (laughs) I suppose I could. But I find its power to transform the incompetent much more gratifying. He's got like a closet full of statues that were his men. He's got like a lawn full of lawn ornaments that were his people. Like, yeah. yeah. And he he's like showing this off at one point because uh, there are these some guards that cheese him off. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so he's like asking his little sidekick Pim. He's like asking him like like. What what should I turn these ones into? And so that's where you see, like, yeah, he's literally has a closet full of all this stuff. They end up, they decide because there's two of them that they'll turn the guards into bookends. <sighs> Just great. It's very silly. I love it. I like, I, I, I also liked Pim as, like, a little character. He's just, like, he's your classic little, like, weaselly henchman character. Yeah. But, like... I don't know. He's fun. I I was looking at the character and I'm like, he looks like he would both be a blast to animate and also incredibly annoying. So yeah. I can only imagine the people having having a a time with him. Yeah, just because he's Cause, just so energetic and like flapping around, yeah, and making silly he's, goofy faces. He's got uh, he's got a big. Like appealing face, he's got to be floppy ears. He's got his little wingalings, but like he also, anytime you have to gesticulate with uh with wings, is yeah. uh fun, and by yeah. fun I mean tricky and kind of difficult. Especially, I can only imagine back then when like I don't know how the modeling and rigging worked. I mean, it looks mm-hmm. good. It looks good in the film, but I can only imagine it might have been a little annoying to work with but yeah Yeah. or even um even the the owl um the wooden yeah the the exposition owl yes exposition owl um but i i was i couldn't help but notice her wings are and this is something that you would see a lot in like early cgi whenever they had to animate birds i think puffin from the earth from Swan Princess has the same thing, <laughs> where when they stretch out their wings, there's like this section at like oh, I yeah. guess what would be the elbow, where they're like, oh, we need to like we can't 
when the when the bird like folds up its wings, we need to leave this space open so that they could we could animate that. But when yeah. they have their wings stretched out, there's this noticeable gap in the feathers. Yeah, there's like chunks. Like it, it's sort of they have to like section off the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even even recent like in recent years, I've had. I've worked on shows where I've had to work on birds and then like we get the bird model and it's like, how do we make the bird fold the wing yeah. without the geometry crashing into itself? Because they don't leave the gap anymore because that looks strange. But now it's like, how do, oh, hmm. So someone will find one pose that works and we all use that pose. <laughs> nice. I was gonna say, can you just like have? Can you just have the owl T pose the entire scene? Yeah. Just like I, just, I got. Oh man, I I gotta stretch my wings. I'm so tired so from all that flying. I'm. Don't worry about me. My yeah, arms are I, not tired. Yes, I'm just going to stand here with wings outstretched. Thank you. I'm comfortable this way. <laughs> but yeah it's i don't know it's again i'm not not dunking on anybody i think it's just something that no. i i don't know i almost kind of like seeing because it's sort of getting to see how the sausage is made yeah um like the little, little tricks like, that they have to do a little peek at how how things were set up back in the early cg days yeah yeah it's like finding it's out those... like your grandma had to churn butter if she wanted some, <laughs> something to spread on toast, it's like, oh wow, that's really interesting, wow. Grandma. Oh, that's genuinely really cool. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I do know, and like I, I, I haven't spoken to them for a while because studio differences. But like, there's definitely a few people that I have worked with over the years who, uh, who worked on this film. <laughs> That I have worked with in studios since then. <laughs> so if I ever cross paths with them again, I have to remember to ask them about these things. Yeah. Just what was it like? What were these what were these setups like? I I hope it was a good experience working on this film. You know? Like it it's just yeah. it's a sweet little movie. I hope that the animators and everyone working on it had a, a fun time, as fun of a time making it as I did watching it. Yeah. Agreed. Do we want to talk a bit about the the backgrounds and some of the matte paintings? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Go for it. Um, so throughout this film, you can see a lot of the backgrounds and environments are actually made with matte paintings. And it's, I, I don't know, I kind of dig it. I do think it gives this film a more stylized look. I... That said, some of the matte paintings aren't as um, seamless, I guess is the word. Like, you notice that they are matte paintings. But I'm oh, also yeah. a jerk that is looking for stuff like this. Um, but I don't know. It's Again, I think it kind of gives it like a nice stylized look. And it was probably way easier for them to accomplish in the early days of CGI animation than actually building a environment just for like oh, some God, brief shots yeah. of the landscape yeah well it's and it's um, interesting because the 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 only thing that i would say is that they're they are very stylized and very 
flat, which is yeah. a nice style, but it definitely doesn't, yeah, it doesn't quite work as seamlessly with the soft shading and sort of realistic-ish style they're going for for the human characters. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it was early, and it was a stylistic mm-hmm. choice. Like, the, yeah. the matte the mat paintings themselves are very nice. It's just the, mm-hmm. the style doesn't isn't quite seamless but yeah 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 like there's just a few certain scenes where it just feels like really like oh like that's a little a little jarring but that said it almost kind of works for the movie in at least one spot where um they find the sugar plum princess's castle and (laughs) (laughs) revealed that it's a giant fake facade like the castle like actually a like big piece of <laughs> piece of cardboard that they painted yeah. to look like a castle and no it's, one noticed no it's and it's literally there's a moment like um where major mint is walking into the castle and he walks straight into uh, a painting of a staircase <sighs> and he just like you would know you, you would be know. able to tell there's there's, it, there's yeah it's ridiculous but at least that like when you first see them coming upon the castle because the rest of the movie you've seen these matte paintings it almost it kind of works like you sort of trust yeah okay this matte painting is meant to be a real castle yeah like it it blends in with the backgrounds correctly yeah again though it just it it makes it so so bad in universe these characters are idiots (laughs) They, at least they have like no you didn't, you didn't notice that it's completely flat that, that there's no yeah okay. especially like major mint like come on like you would know come on man come major on mr Mint's... major mint he's kind of a major... dick though so i don't know yeah he's got he's terrible um he's not a there's he's not a cool guy no he he spends most of the film ragging on prince eric and yeah. Which, like, I I don't understand the, like, people's hatred of Prince Eric. Yeah. Like, damn. It's... Like, they're like, man, we're better off without that guy. He sucked so bad. And it's like, we're never told what it was he did beyond he wasn't ready to take the crown. Or, his, or at least his father didn't think he was ready to take the crown. And so his father put his trust in a rat with a magic wand? I don't know. Well, well then, Major Mint makes some comments in the film. I think it like he, he accused Eric of being like lazy or something like that. Huh. Prince Eric? He's the reason we're in this mess. If it weren't for that reckless boy, the Mouse King wouldn't be turning everyone into knickknacks. You make the prince sound pretty awful. Awful? <laughs> That's a compliment. He was useless, lazy, and irresponsible. It's, it's hard to tell because, again, Major Mint is, like, just a dick. So yeah. it feels like he might fully be exaggerating how bad Eric was. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to his credit, like, Eric seems to agree with them. But he also seems like he, uh, I don't know, has a bit of a... I don't know. He just doesn't doesn't believe in himself. Maybe he doesn't believe in himself. Yeah, he doesn't think he deserves the the trust of his people. 
Yeah. But I, yeah, it's, it's a weird one because it's like, well, okay. We don't know exactly why, why people think this or why you think this about yourself, but I guess it's just, I don't know. Yeah. You just, you seem like a chill dude. I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's, it is hard for the audience to understand because the, what, from what we see of Eric, he seems like a pretty cool dude and he's going above and beyond to try and help his kingdom. So it's like, yeah, like it's, it's also unclear how long he's been a nutcracker. <laughs> like how long has this been going on? Yeah, Who that's knows? true too. Hmm. I would almost want to say that it's somewhat early because it seems like, I don't know, like there's still actively a resistance trying to fight against the Mouse King. Sort of. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's I, there's a handful of people, but I, then again, I don't know how many people. A lot of the people in the, the, the kingdom presumably have been turned into lawn ornaments because when you look out at the Mouse King's like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like bunch of lawn ornaments a lot of them are humans yeah they're not all rats so like it must have been at least a bit can we point out the moment at the end of the film where when eric and the mouse king are fighting the mouse king uh just like to fuck just piss eric off even more he yeah. he casts his stone spell and like changes the entire crowd around him into stone figures as well just to like again not not they weren't like helping eric at all i think he no, just mouse king just, just there. wanted to be a dick yeah they were just was, watching uh, and what was you like you eric's like you can't earn people's trust this way and he's like i don't care about them at all <laughs> like, yeah man? which i mean okay dude, fair Fair, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I I don't know. I wonder what his I guess his goal was just I want to be king. I don't care if all of my subjects are stone as long as I am king. I guess. <laughs> Who knows what the mysterious motivations of Tim Curry the mouse are? Mm-hmm. I do. I also he he's got a good design. I like the design of the Mouse King. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a very exaggerated face. It's it's yeah. good. I don't know. I like him. Yeah. I guess not not my favorite Mouse King. I guess personally. No. But but, but I've also I've also seen like I think five more Nutcracker films than you have. Yeah. I think I, I don't know. I, in my heart, I wish that we could get, um, in the, um, Good Times Entertainment Nutcracker, how he had the multiple heads. Oh, yeah. That would have been fun to do in CGI. Maybe a little too terrifying for the children, the target audience of, Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because what is it in the original story? He's got like seven heads or something? Yeah, I think that sounds right. And I don't know, I think CGI would have been... Not that it is easier... Like, I don't want to make the blanket statement that CGI is easier than 2D animation. But at least with CGI, you could create the character model. And then you wouldn't have to... Yeah, and you wouldn't have to draw it on model each time. 
Yeah, you wouldn't have to that redraw is, that is... every single head. Yeah, that is an important factor of doing CG is that you can do a complex design because you don't have to redraw it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Add a couple more heads on there, Mattel. Come on. Come on. It's not like they... I don't think they ever make dolls of the villains anyway, so, like, why not just, like, make him real fucked up? Uh, yeah, that's true. I was definitely cruising eBay for, like, Nutcracker dolls just to see... I don't know, the, I have, like, nostalgia around some of those early Barbie dolls. Oh, yeah. Like, just seeing them in stores. They They... Sadly, though, they don't have, like a good action figure of the Nutcracker, they have one of those dolls of the prince where you just, like, Ugh. put a big hat on him to turn him into the Nutcracker. Boo. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not as cool. Not the same. Want I not want the, like, weird jointed Nutcracker doll. Yeah. Boo. Boo. I guess we should mention the framing device of this movie. Kinda, oh yeah, yeah. I guess ever, ever so briefly, um, this movie has a framing device where Barbie and her little sister Kelly are practicing ballet, and Kelly er, and Barbie has to help encourage Kelly when she starts feeling like she'll never get the hang of it. So she tells the Nutcracker. She tells this movie is a story that Barbie is telling Kelly to help motivate her into keep trying and be brave and yada yada, and. I don't know. I think it's it's kind of interesting that these early Barbie movies, a lot of them had this same framing device, and I think they were really trying to enforce this idea of just a distinction between Barbie as a character mm. and the character Barbie, or the character that Barbie is playing in the film. Yeah, because she's also not like she's Barbie, but like she's playing Clara. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess, what their reasoning behind this is. I don't, I don't know. know. But, like, maybe maybe it is just the separation of, like, we're not calling her Barbie in the movie, so we want to make it clear that it is Barbie, but... Mm-hmm. And Barbie is here, but... Yeah. She is playing a different character. I, I think, if I remember right, I... I think they dropped this by Princess and the Pauper. I was going to say, like, I didn't, I don't remember it in Princess and the Pauper. And I also haven't seen a lot of the older Barbie movies. So I I didn't know that this was a recurring device mm. that they used. But I, like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, this makes sense. Yeah. It's for sure in um, Swan Lake. And I'm pretty sure it's in Rapunzel as well. And then Princess and the Popper was the fourth Barbie movie. So maybe, yeah, it was just the first three. Unless they brought it back after Princess and the Popper. Um, I don't know. But I, I really don't think you need it. That's another thing. You could have probably cut this out um, and just given us more time for the actual story. Because this movie is only a hundred, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, so. it's a it's a quick little watch, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And, and a good chunk of that runtime is watching motion cap dancers yeah i mean the the i'm actually super curious 
about how they did the mocap for this. So if I ever get a chance, I'll, I'll have to ask the, the guys that I know who have worked on this. But yeah. um, as like, because I've worked with mocap now, and like, you get mocap to to depending on how it's done and how like what the setup is. Like you can get really good mocap, and you can get okay mocap. And I wonder what it was like. 21 years ago for the mocap i'm actually super curious to see how like to know how they did it and what that process was like and bringing it into the programs and stuff like that and how much cleanup was required it's probably a lot but like they did a great job the dancing the ballet in this movie looks fantastic Mm mm-hmm yeah, like from an animation standpoint, it does look very nice. I'll have to try and see. I know that the the DVD came with some extras, so I, I'll have to look around and see if there's any behind the scenes stuff on how they did the dancing. Um, the animation itself is nice. I do think that oh, yeah. story-wise, I'm not as big of a fan of those dance moments just well. because... It just it just comes to a screeching halt plot wise. Oh yeah. It's sort of it's one of those things where it's like ballet is incredible. It's an incredible skill and an incredible thing, but it's sort of different to watch it when it's like when you know you're going into a ballet, you're signing up for a ballet and the ballet is being used to move the story forward. Whereas in this, the story is told and now take a break and watch a ballet. Watch them do a dance. And it's like, "All right, okay." It's sort of like a musical. Yeah, it's like it's like a musical, but at least in when you are singing, you are very easily able to convey like the plot can still keep going while you're singing and and the the song can very easily express thoughts and emotions or plot points well, without yeah. stopping the plot, but with dancing it's, well, that's the whole thing with ballet is that the, the story is told through the dance and that's sort of what you're signing up for. But when you're just watching a movie and then like they tell you the story in the form of the movie and then are like, now watch the dance, the story is told and you don't need to like interpret this. It's sort yeah. of like, okay, well, I guess you're just dancing then, which is nice, but eh. Yeah, and I guess that that interpretation that yeah that that is probably the key there. It's like I don't need to this. I don't need this. Just tell me, Barbie, what you're feeling. <laughs> it's and it probably is. I like. I do wonder how kids react to the dancing scenes. Um, because I don't know. Like I almost like would worry that they would get a little bored during it i guess it depends on if you're like a really like you're, you're a little kid if you're a really big fan of ballet or if maybe you're, really you're just like ballet yeah you're like just entranced by oh now barbie is dancing with the nutcracker maybe that is just your jam as a little kid i mean maybe i think another thing too is that like because this is an animated film when you're watching a ballet and you're watching real people do the feats of athleticism and strength and grace it takes to do ballet. You are watching a real human being pull this off and you're like, holy shit. And like, this is, this is a movie where it's like, it's clearly mocap. So there's someone doing this incredible stuff, but you're also like, 
there's all there's gonna be some cleanup and there's gonna be some and it's obviously very good technical animation but it's a different feeling than from watching like a real ass human being do these moves versus like there's like a level of abstraction that happens exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah i think you put it really well there it's it's something that you we are going to be seeing in more of these nutcracker films and and we have already seen and i think obviously oh, yeah. this if you have a Nutcracker movie, I think you have the pressure to include dancing in some way. And if you don't, people would probably be mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's the, the whole ballet, the music, all that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. When it comes to the Nutcracker. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely have a note where at the end where... The sort of the plot's mostly resolved. The the Mouse King is defeated. The Sugar Plum Princess is revealed, and they just sort of stop for about five minutes to have the characters do a bunch of dancing. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to finish this. I, I fast forwarded through that. I'm guilty. Yeah. So yeah, I get I mean, it. I've it also, I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's nice, oh. it's well shot, it's well animated, it's well mocap, it's well staged, it's nice, but it's just sort mm-hmm. of like, this is not doing anything for the plot now. Yeah. We have we have ground to a halt. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of comes between the, the Mouse King shrinking and them dispatching him with a snowball so you kind of see him scurry off and i don't know like and maybe i again because i've seen the movie i'm anticipating the mouse king coming back but it feels like kind of weird that everybody is celebrating his defeat with some dancing and yeah he didn't he just scurried off into it he's still out there somewhere no he's in the sewer now and he's very very small so not a problem anymore i guess and also his like when he hits himself with his own shrink ray, his like magic scepter just disintegrates. Yeah, <laughs> just turns yeah. into a particle effect and is gone. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's. It, I don't know. Maybe they're assuming that he's powerless without it, which is fair. I guess. I guess. Which is true. He just sort of. He's like. He hears her talk about her necklace that can send her home, and he's like, "Well, time for one last fuck you," and then he's yeah. gone. Yeah. What did, what did you think? So we had two reveals in this movie. We had the reveal that Prince Eric was the Nutcracker, and then the reveal I mean, that Clara was the Sugar Plum Princess. Ah, uh, I I get the like obviously the, the Prince Eric reveal is very obvious. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. That's the story. Um, yeah. But the the Sugar Plum Princess thing doesn't make any sense. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> uh. Especially when you get from the exposition now, it's like, she's on a, um, an, an island across the sea. And yeah. it's like, she's right in front of you. It's literally her right there. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. magical owl that clearly has the answers. Sending us I, yeah. on a wild fucking goose chase. Well, and that's why you kind of need... 
you you need something like the like Clara has to learn something on her journey. Like she has to learn to believe in herself or something, something, something. And only by having that realization does she become the sugar plum princess but the way the film is written it feels like she is just like she's always been the she sugar just plum always princess. was yeah so it does feel like a colossal waste of time yeah i i, I do it's like it's a weird choice i i do like in so the necklace that um the owl gives to clara she takes it from uh, be, uh, an ornament from Clara's family's Christmas tree. Right. Just like there's, and it, it, and it, the ornament is the sugar plum princess, or like how Clara looks when she's in her sugar plum princess yeah. form. Yeah. Uh, so I did kind of think that was a little cute because she's basically taking the necklace from the sugar plum princess and giving it to the sugar plum princess. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you might not That's really cute. recognize it's Clara at first because her princess form has big curly blonde hair. Like big, and big dress. poofy hair. Yeah, and Clara through most of the film has very straight hair. Just like a minor little thing. It's like, ah, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, that is uh, I hadn't realized since until you pointed it out. I'm doing great today uh we're we're both doing great today yeah christy christy gave blood this morning and i got my like vaccine booster and flu shot the other day so we're both like "Uh, yeah uh." i gave blood and almost (laughs) passed out after so that was a fun day for me i'm I'm doing okay i'm full of cookies now (laughs) so yeah if we're if we're a little like whoa this episode that's why yeah I my blood was taken from me. They stole Christie's blood. They stole my blood, and it turns out I kind of needed it today. <laughs> um, God. Uh, but uh, uh, going with yeah. I with the reveal of Eric as the Nutcracker, as you said, it's kind of expected. But I do like how in universe Barbie figures it out pretty quick. I I also like that. Yeah, like she she isn't told. She just like she's like, "Oh, yeah, obviously." Yeah, like once once she is given the puzzle piece of, "Oh, there was a prince that nobody has seen since the Mouse King took over." Hmm, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Who could it be? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's obviously you. Yeah. All right. So I did, I did yeah. like that. Uh, I, <laughs> I, same here. I really did appreciate that she's just like, yeah, I, like, I figured that out on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that whole, job. that whole scene is just kind of this nice little quiet moment where they're just sitting yeah. outside and just having a conversation about why don't you want to reveal yourself? Everybody thinks you're dead. He even tells... Captain Candy is, he he says that he's a friend of Eric's, and he asks yeah. the Nutcracker if he knows what happened to him. Do you know what became of Prince Eric? The Mouse King destroyed him. Uh, brutal. Yeah. First of all. I, which is, I you get what he means, like... I, you know, yeah. he's very, very dramatic about it. That's a dick thing to tell your friend. 
Yeah, it's like, by the way, your friend is dead. It's like, um. Oh, okay. Dude. I. Okay. All right. Like, poor Captain Candy. That's. Yeah, like, you just told him that his old friend is gone. Yeah. When he was clearly has, like, hope that he's going to see him again, and there's something, like, maybe he's out there still. It's like, no, no. Yeah. He's been destroyed. It's like, okay. Poor Captain Candy. You, that sucks ass. You could have just told him you didn't know, Eric. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. Way to fucking crush his, his hopes there. But, damn. Yeah, they have... Barbie, Barbie and the Nutcracker have this nice, quiet moment, and that's where they're talking about Eric not feeling worthy and wanting to basically kind of prove himself to his subjects. So it is, it's a nice, quiet moment that I think sometimes you don't get in films aimed at aimed at kids. Yeah, I was. It, that is like I, I really did like that scene. Yeah. Oh, I want a Nutcracker now. Just, just in general. No, I want like this Nutcracker. Oh, okay, you want a hunky Nutcracker? Yeah, I do. The rest of them are <laughs> they're too scary. I want a, I want a hunky Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but would you use it to crack nuts? I, you know what? Maybe like once or twice because that that that's like a satisfying thing for me. Um, it is. I don't. I don't eat nuts, but I. I. I would always um, crack open peanuts or sunflower seeds for family members. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I my grandparents would have like a bowl of like the mixed like big like like walnuts and chestnuts and hazel and all these different nuts. And it was yeah. that was always like a thing I looked forward to at Christmas because they would just have the bowl of of nuts out and then like the not like a nutcracker nutcracker but just like the metal like pinchy ones. Oh yeah yeah yeah! Crack open the nuts. Yeah. Delicious. Just fun to crush things. Yeah, it's just fun, and also then you get a walnut, and walnuts are freaking delicious. Oh, see again, I don't eat them; I just crush them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you, it you, is. You I, don't appreciate a good nut, a, a good uh, walnut. No, and like or peanuts, peanut? I'll I'll eat peanut butter. I don't. I'll only eat peanuts if they are wrapped in chocolate and caramel within contained within a Mister Big. <laughs> I have very strict rules about what I will and will not consume. And I mean, that's fair. Fucking, you know what? That's fair. It is a puzzle sometimes to figure out what I will and won't eat. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. It's why I stick to just chicken like a, nuggets, like a big old freaking Brazil nut. No, what's oh, I'm gonna get a bag it. of mixed nuts. I think I have a nut, like a pinchy nutcracker somewhere, because like a few years back, I was like, I want some fucking walnuts. And then when Christmas rolls around, there's always the big bags of nuts that you can get at grocery oh. stores. So maybe I'm gonna get some again this year. I miss it. God. You just reminded me. I have a bag of walnuts in my pantry because I I bought them because I wanted to. I wanted to no, listen. I bought them because I wanted to make a little thumbelina bed out of a walnut shell. Oh, 
I bought some walnuts. I still haven't made that fucking bed. I guess I should do How that. old are the walnuts, Christy? Um, couple years at this point, I guess. Oh, no. I'm not going to eat them. I'm just going to crush them and make them into a tidy bed <laughs> for a tidy girl. I don't know how. It'd be, re- it'd be really hard to cleanly crush a walnut. Because I've never been able to just cleanly, like, break one in half. They always, like, shatter. That's that's why you get the full bag, so that you can just keep crushing them until oh. you find that, that, get that perfect crack, make your thumb That one bed. perfect nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's Nutcracker November, everyone. We're back, baby. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. We're doing it. Our second annual, because I don't think we did it the first year. No, our first year, we only took a look at the Nutcracker Prince. And then I I forget if it was in that episode that you coined the term Nutcracker November. (laughs) I think I did. It's my own fault. Yeah, you cursed yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's okay. This one was fun. This one was cute. Yeah. I, I like this one. I guess, I don't know if I have anything much more to say about this one. No, it's just sort of a nice, nice little film. Yeah, it's, it's not a princess movie that you put on to laugh at. This is one that you just kind of put on and you just enjoy. Yeah, like it's one where it you can just it it holds up. Yeah, like if you have little kids and you want a movie to put on around like the holidays, this is a good choice. This is a nice yeah. little one to watch. Yeah, perfectly serviceable film. Some twenty years later. Yeah. Ooh. God, out on that note, I just like to finish this off. I I watch uh-huh. a lot of doll customizers on YouTube, and so my my Instagram feed, my social media, I get a lot of doll recommendations. And last year for the twentieth anniversary, Mattel did put out like a little doll set to <gasps> uh, as as an anniversary thing, and people were not happy because really. Yeah, well, the quality of the dolls oh. were not not great. Um, nutcracker. Like, it was more... I think part of the problem is that I think it was meant to be a... Like, a, just, like, inspired by doll set. Oh. But people were really hoping for a re-release of the original dolls, which they did not get. The quality was much different. Um, the Ken doll did not look like Prince Eric at all. Oh. It was, like, blonde instead of brunette. So people were not happy. Everyone was real grouchy. The doll collector the anim- community was un- uh, uh, displeased. Very displeased. I saw so many posts that were just <laughs> people being so mad. Oh, no. So there's obviously, there is a lot of love for this film yeah. in the right communities. So well, and I can maybe- see why. I can absolutely yeah. see why. Like where where our Nutcracker was the Nutcracker Prince, or at least mine was, the <laughs> one that you saw when you were little. Like, I can see this being one that people watched when they were a kid, and this is their like their nostalgic favorite. 
Yeah, yeah. I can absolutely Whether... see that for this film. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, this is this is a fine one to put on for your kids today. I don't know if I will ever watch this one again now that we've covered it for the podcast, but that's and not the movie's Fair fault. enough. No. It's just there's a there's a lot of nutcrackers out there. There's I have like seven or eight other nutcracker movies to choose from. And I'm probably gonna <laughs> if if I'm gonna make people watch any of them with me, it's probably gonna be the real bad ones. It'll be the real bad ones or the real good ones. And this is yeah. on the on on the the ed like on the good side, but not the one that I would pick as my favorite. Yeah, like a solid seven out of ten. Even a even a, an eight. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's like a it's a it's a good little film. Well, I think well, that is probably <laughs> going to be it for this one. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to send us a message or general comment or movie suggestion, you could feel free to contact us at badprincessmov. No, wait. <laughs> That's not the email. Damn it. <laughs> that was our Twitter. Wait, hang um, on. Wait a second. Where are we? Our, Christy, Christy, the the blood loss. Uh, I'm okay. (laughs) It's no our email. Our email, if you want to email us, is badprincessmovies at gmail dot com, and our Twitter, where we will be posting clips of this movies and other movies we have profiled, that is at badprincessmovies. No, that's not. Damn it! (laughs) It's it's (laughs) you got this, Christy. I believe in you. You can do it. Oh, God. <laughs> Our Twitter is Bad Princess MOV. <laughs> I did it. And you did the it. Catalog- I did it. And the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, if you want to peruse that, you could find that at badprincessmovies.com. You did it. Congratulations. I did it. I did it. Well done. Well done. Thank, thank God. We-, we made it. We did it. <laughs> we survived. <laughs> Oh god, it almost completely fell apart at the end. Oh. Oh. It's okay. Now you can go lie down, take a nap, get your blood yeah. back. <laughs> I see too. My body has to <laughs> make more blood. <laughs> go go and donate blood, people. It's very important, but also make sure donate you eat blood. Good, make sure you eat a good breakfast before you yeah. do or you might Don't run just into eat a, some chicken breast or whatever. <laughs> I thought, that, why did the chicken fail me? I thought that was a good breakfast. I could barely... <laughs> I lied to you. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm... Eat, more, eat more than just a chicken breast <laughs> two hours before. <laughs> it sounds so obvious in hindsight. <laughs> God. Oh, that's okay. You got a bunch of cookies. I did. I've been. I oh my god! I got treated so good after I almost passed out. I they gave me so many juice boxes and cookies. I got chips. I got pretzels. So it worked hell out. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. W- worth having them steal your blood. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ten Donate out of ten blood. would. Donut, please do. Uh, but yeah, please 
donate blood and also please stay tuned for our next episode of <laughs> nutcracker november <laughs> oh i think we only got two this year right we're not we're not yes. ac- we're not cramming in another <laughs> nutcracker only, this year only Christy? two yeah let me double okay. check the calendar but i'm pretty sure yeah it's it's just two i'm not gonna accidentally fuck up the schedule again the <laughs> only two and uh. then yeah, we're going to be doing some December-ish movies. Christmas Eve, maybe? Yeah. We'll see. I haven't quite picked out what we're going to be doing for for Christmas, but... I'm, I can't wait to see what you come up with. Oh, good, good. And then, and then the Christmas holidays, where I will be back in the same city as Christy, and we'll, have to, we'll keep you all updated on the yes. status of Swan Princess 10. Yes. We have, Brie has scheduled her <laughs> holidays, I have told yes. Steve the dates, and that fucker is going to be there, or I'm going to hunt him. <laughs> <out there. laughs> please look forward to it. Yes, please look forward to it. But we <laughs> will talk at you guys next time. Yes. Thanks Bye. for listening. Happy Nutcracker <laughs> November. <laughs> Happy not crying November. Hey. Okay. I'm gonna go take. Oh no, I can't take. I'm gonna take a nap though. I'm gonna take a fast I'm, nap. Good night. Good, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh.